Welcome to Screen Quest, a podcast where a fellowship of film lovers and armchair movie experts plays film roulette. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Waterman, joined by Mae Finch. Hello, hello. And Mr. Will Rotondi. Hey, what is going on? Not too much. I am totally not changing your name cards on the fly here uh, because <laughs> you guys flip-flop spots again. What <laughs> do you mean? I, I am Will Rotondi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I may. Like, come on, man. Don't judge. <laughs> Stop pranking us. Jeez. You always do this. On uh, today's episode, we are going to be talking about our first origin story, which is Groundhog Day. And of course, we'll be playing a game, drawing a side quest, all that good stuff. We'll not be drawing a card at the end of the episode. And I'm saying this so I remember. I'm really driving it home because next week we're talking about was the book better for Pride and Prejudice? So here's your one-week warning to get reading if you haven't and uh, to uh, watch the film for the next week's episode. But first, we are going to catch up on what we've been watching because it's been a bit since we've caught up on what we've been watching. Uh, Any volunteers to go first today? Sure. I'll throw one out there. Been watching uh, some more Nicolas Cage action with uh, Renfield on nice. Peacock. Oh, which, how is that? You know, so I I wasn't really sure what to think before going in, like going in, because I I thought you know the preview made it look good, and I thought it could go either way. Um, but overall, I thought it was actually kind of it was entertaining for the most part. Like there's bits and pieces that I thought were kind of weird, but overall, I enjoyed it, and I'd recommend going to see it just because. It's Nicolas Cage hamming it up and uh, Nicholas Holt, who always plays like really interesting characters, in my opinion. I mean, Mad Max aside from what we just watched with Fury Road, but I just whether it's Warm Bodies or um, I'm trying to think about the, the other one that he was in recently that's on HBO Max now. It's got like it's the dining, like the restaurant, the, the menu, the restaurant menu. or yeah, the menu. And that's good, too. Um, very weird but I, I don't know it's just something about the, his characters that he chooses that I find interesting but um, I guess without spoiling it too much going into it there is so much like over the top gore and violence that it's like desensitizing Yeah. so if you don't really want to see a bunch of body parts flying everywhere and like unrealistic gushing blood um, then maybe skip but overall that and, and also maybe I don't want to know you either you know like, I know geez. yeah apparently we don't <laughs> really know who we are but, um, <laughs> but yeah I think uh, I'd recommend it I'd give it a shot Um, I have been sick for pretty much the entire past week and I may sound a bit nasally still today although I think I've mostly recovered Um, when I'm sick I revert to a childlike state and watch cartoons and my cartoon of choice was the owl house because I'd never watched it. I'd heard it was very good. It was like a me- uh, uh, a kind of like a, a witchy version of Steven Universe is what I'd heard. Um, okay. And I really liked it. Um, if you Google Ida, the owl lady, that is my uh, goal for how I age. And overall, it was a, a fun show to watch, especially if you have a fever or are a child. What about both? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's not, so like um, I, I'm not familiar with this uh, IP, um, which is like a, a botched succession qu- uh, quote. But anyway, like <laughs> how 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 old is the show? Like, what's the background? Like, is it from the States or is it like anime? Like what's so I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't heard of it because there was a bit of a, a Twitter controversy. Um, it was 
because it is a Disney show and it's one of the only Disney properties to have like openly lesbian characters and it's a kid show so it's like they hold hands and they have one kiss like it's not (laughs) by any means that's still a conversation anyway (laughs) um anyway so there was like backlash and uh it was supposed to get a third season and with a backlash disney cut the season in short so they only had three episodes and I love that the creators just made those three episodes have as many like little pride symbols as possible. <laughs> Every single like scene and character had like pride colors on them <laughs> in response. It was amazing. They should have <laughs> just gone full TVMA, you know, like something that, like, make, like, <laughs> like, like Japanese uh, anime fans blush, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I would have done. <laughs> oh, this bothers you? <laughs> no. <laughs> And it's uh, it's also very much about like defeating fascism in a kid friendly way, <laughs> and uh, the way they ended the series on that was also very good given the kind of backlash they were getting. So I, I appreciated how they handled that. Defeating fascism is fun for all ages, right? <laughs> well, that sounds <laughs> awesome. Um, I'll have to look it up. Like and. Um... Yeah, I'm just I'm curious now. You've got yeah. my curiosity. Look up, look up, Ida the Owl Lady. That is what I want to be in 40 years. <laughs> Age goals, okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Um, so we uh, discover is not the right word. We uh finally broke down and watched. Uh, I think you should leave because we we felt left out on all the pop culture and yeah. I've scarcely chewed through a comedy show so fast. I don't like. I mean, it's just unbelievably amazing and stupid and funny and quotable and uh it was really just a, it was a nice little um i don't know like show to discover because you can switch your brain off and i think even though there's like the occasional week sketch like i belly laugh at least once per like episode which is a great feeling and i highly recommend it if you like sketch comedy i think it's like some of the most efficient sketch comedy like every episode 16 or so minutes and they kill the skit right when it needs to to die most of the time there's a couple that i think go on a bit too long but um really really enjoyed that uh let's see we of course wrapped succession uh and started barry like the final season of barry uh that seems like it's going to get real zany and crazy so i'm looking forward to that um i don't think we saw any new films like i i I feel like i've been woefully absent from the cinema like i think the last film i saw was avatar the way of water in the movie theaters which kind of bums me out because i like going to the movies but it's just been that kind of half of the year so say let me hopefully i'll make it to some stuff um as we established in the last episode i'm hoping to drag may to go see jaws um for the first time in the and screaming about sharks <laughs> yeah hopefully you'll be impressed i think it is like one of spielberg's best film like on like unapologetically and i think like a lot of people share that opinion so i um, i may genuinely freak out during it but it won't be because of the shark it'll be because i do have thalassophobia and i don't know if there are any big open water shots but those actually do freak me out so we'll see um yeah uh, without 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 like ruining anything like the whole second half of the movie takes place on a boat in the open water so (laughs) it'll be great uh fans i promise i will still come back to the podcast after being traumatized by chris yeah 
See how you feel about going to the ocean. There's always your first time after seeing Jaws, you know, where you're like, <laughs> you're like, kind of wish I hadn't watched that. Um, <laughs> sweet. Well, uh, let's find out what fate has in store for our side quest for today. And it is written in the stars, which I don't think we've had yet. I'm pretty sure. That is one of our new categories. So hold please so I pull up our canon description. I can wing these <laughs> after we do it the first time, but I'd like to give them their due. Um, so this one is choose a movie from the year you were born that resonates with you in some way. I have one like off the rip because I'm a nerd that just knows like release years. So. <laughs> Jaws. No, go ahead. No, no, <laughs> definitely not that one. Uh, it is James Cameron's Aliens is oh, hell yeah. <laughs> the, the film from 1986, the year I was born, that resonates with me. I love the original film Alien as a kid, but I wore out Aliens. Like that was the one that like if I'm going to pick any of those movies to watch. It's the most fun. It is the most iconic, I think. Like, there's just so much good lore and it has so many great lines. But it's just a roller coaster, man. That movie is just like, it's like getting on a thrill ride and it's heart pounding and it's exciting. And I just, I love, I think what really resonated with me in that was um, just seeing Ripley transform into somebody who is traumatized, like in the beginning. And then, like, channels all of that into sort of like this amazing like you know final sequence where she's just kicking so much ass you know and i mean she's obviously a great like kind of final girl in the first movie but very much on her back foot and this one she goes on the offensive and i just i loved everything about it so um i would say uh for bonus points, the action figures, certainly like as a, you know, 10, 11 year old, like before I actually saw the film where it was fun to play with those toys, you know, and like kind of understanding like who the Marines were like when I was, you know, kind of deemed old enough to watch it, I think, which is like probably 12 was also very, very cool. So to like have kind of the context of all that. So. Will, I know you're a big fan of, of aliens. Oh, I love aliens so much in like an unhealthy way yeah <laughs> like when aliens fireteam elite came out and i started that's what got me back into like gaming like serious like consistent gaming with my friends was aliens fireteam elite because that nostalgic factor got like turned up to 100 and i'm like i could be a colonial marine oh man <laughs> amazing <laughs> Um, but uh, I mean that aside like Ellen Ripley as a character is like she is she is so calm under pressure and what would like anybody else normally would just like wig the fuck out and she is so like in the moment like she like not 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 scared but like at the same point she keeps her composure so well between like not just like flipping out like flipping her shit on other people she just holds it and reigns it and deals with obnoxious humans and then survives all these aliens and just kicks ass like you're saying like she is by far i think one of the if you wanted to choose like an action hero and especially like a female action hero like she is up there man if she's not at the top she's definitely in the top 10 because she is just so cool so sigourney weaver like hands down amazing i would say 
if you're limiting to women, which like, you know, I, whatever, like she's number one for sure. And then like, if you're going to go like all out, she's in top three, man, top three action Mm -hmm. heroes, like in terms of like all the shit that she deals with over the course of those, but aliens in particular, I love in the director's cut when Bill Paxton's, you know, like full of like bravado and he's like me and my squad (laughs) of badasses will protect you hard cut to him, like crying and like melting down. And she's like, get your shit together, man. Like we're in a survival (laughs) situation. We need to fucking take stock. And like, it's just great, man. Absolutely amazing. May, I hope we rope you in someday. Like, to watching that one two point you can stop there if you want but like yeah it's so good i have no reason not to i think it's just like uh my my boyfriend when i was 15 was really into them in a way that was like annoying to me so (laughs) 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 what are you trying to say i get we get it we are like we understand we understand 100 percent. we don't it never it never goes away i I, So there's, there's always this little bit of resistance in my brain <laughs> to watching it. I'm pretty sure whatever look that you may have given him at that point, like so, <laughs> I don't know, about a month ago, Marianne walked into the bedroom. She's like, "What you watching?" I'm like, "Alien." She that the like the look was probably the same one. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned like the action figures too, because I remember vaguely. I remember like a like one of the commercials for those action figures and it had like weird aliens that aren't even in the movie too like no. some flying creature and something and but it had the marine snake alien like, oh. the bull alien yeah yeah so there was some weird marketing off of that movie man but uh yeah i do vaguely remember that so that's awesome what was kind of smart because like i don't think they had established canonically until the third one that like whatever the host is for the facehugger is like the shape of the the alien which was kind of a cool like thing that the third movie did but it was a weird time where like you could have r like rated like hard r rated movies like spawn action figures for kids like and of course naturally as a child you're like i want to see this and your parents are like no like absolutely not well unless you have a dad like mine who just didn't go fucking uh... like, yeah sure <laughs> like you're six old enough for terminator 2 in the movie theaters but <laughs> i digress um well there we go written in the stars um, are you an 86 baby as well, Will? I am. Yeah, see, there we go. Like it's it's double proof. It's 100% consistent there. Yep. Anybody born in 86 has to love that movie, I guess. <laughs> we did I, all the science we need. I dodged the curse then. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> the curse? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just for that, aliens better come up. <laughs> better be on a it better be on a card somewhere. Just Chris is up. going to insert a new card into the deck that's an alien and aliens double feature, and he's going to It'll make be sure like it's a wild the next card. card. <laughs> like a wild card. I mean, who says both of those films are already in the deck? I mean, <laughs> yeah, there there's our strong um, possibility. I don't know when you guys last look at the the list, but um, different <laughs> categories maybe. But like, um, game speaking over, of random stars, yeah, game over, man. All right, so. Will nominated Groundhog Day. We talked very briefly about why you selected it last episode, but you're going to guide us through the discussion as this um, being like the first of, right? Like a time loop movie. So, Mm -hmm. Will, I'm very curious to see what you have put together. This is my first time seeing this, so um, I'm eager to talk about it. 
Nice. I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys, uh, well, Chris, what you think, and also May as well. Um, Yeah. but that is cool. That's interesting that it's actually a film that you haven't seen before. So that is very uh, nice to have that. It's refreshing since most of these films, I feel like you have. <laughs> There's lots I haven't, which is why I got so excited to do this podcast in the first place. I knew that would happen. So, Excellent. Uh, well, like you said, I mean, Groundhog Day is, it's not the, technically it's not like the first time loop I guess either show or film, if we're grouping like television and, and film together, or maybe even like literature in general, but it is probably the most well-known just because in entertainment, it's sort of like what gets referenced every time somebody wants to do like a time loop in their TV show and their movie after that, that everybody wants to even like directly reference at some points. Um, but the basic premise behind it is you've got a narcissistic, kind of disgruntled weatherman who's played by Bill Murray. His name is Phil Connors, who begrudgingly has to go to Puxatani to cover the yearly tradition of watching its renowned groundhog Puxatani Phil come out of his home to gauge whether winter is going to last a few more weeks or not. Um, so after they go and he has to do the live coverage of it, there are, I'm, I'm sorry, the recorded coverage of it, there's an unexpected blizzard that comes through. And keeps Phil and his crew members, uh, which his producer Rita and cameraman Larry, uh, from leaving town. But when the supposed next morning arrives, Phil realizes that it's actually the same day. And then shortly after, discovers that he is now trapped repeating the same day over and over and over. And God knows how many times it happens. But during all these repeats, we're shown how he chooses to use that time. Uh, at first, he likes to try and manipulate other people for his own personal pleasure to eventually becoming depressed and feeling like he's just stuck there forever and becomes suicidal to eventually focusing his efforts on benefiting people around him and actually being a genuinely nice person. Um, so as much as this movie is marketed as a comedy, it actually has some moments of philosophy and drama that are surprisingly heartfelt. Um, and also because it is a romantic comedy from the 90s, invariably, we should all expect and it is how it turns out that phil does eventually get out of the loop and ends up with rita in a romantic relationship and that pretty well covers it i would say unless there's anything else you think i missed but the most important thing is general impressions so chris as this is a film you have not seen before please tell us how you felt going and watching it the first time i thought it was sweet i think it was a very uh sweet natured film like at its heart um <clears throat> it was uh it was really kind of curious to see how much of this has been aped over and over like some stuff like palm springs comes to mind where i was thinking like of course that takes it to the extreme right that's like the r-rated sort of like a little bit more raunchy violent version of this um really just stole a lot and uh so i i think it's far more original than i gave it credit for but I think the kind of the, the sentimental center of this is what really makes it work at the end of the day. Um, the scene that in particular got me was like him just for 10 minutes trying to, you know, in, in actual like film time, uh, save the old man from from dying. Like where, you know, he just like there's got to be a way like if I just nourish him right or like I'm there to give him the care and like sort of the inevitability of that. I was curious, like what was going to happen, you know, to his mental well-being. And then it kind of generated some thoughts of like, I bet you, you could genuinely like go crazy or have some sort of like 
big break, you know what I mean? Being stuck in something like this and how would I keep myself sane? So it was very thought provoking in those ways. And I thought the rom-com aspect of it was, was fine. You know, it was sweet. Like it was very nineties to me. Um, ultimately not really what made me give a shit about everything. Um, but, uh, I would say I, I liked it a lot. I see why it's, it's well-regarded and, um, has become sort of a cinema classic. How about you, May? Is this your first time watching this? No, actually, uh, I've seen this. I think it came on cable TV when I was growing up a lot. So I think I saw it a few times, like in separate slices. So I guess this was my first dedicated sit through. I definitely feel like my parents turned it off once, like during the scene in your background. Well, when they realized mm. what he was doing. Yeah. Joyriding fast. <laughs> They're like, this is not the PG we thought it was. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I overall I like it a lot, but I do feel like I wouldn't like it as much if I was watching it truly for the first time now. I feel like I have a lot of sentimental feeling about it because it it is really hard to root for Phil. Like even at the end of the movie, I only wanted to see him succeed because I was like, no one can be this awful of a person and he has to with unlimited time eventually figure out a better way of living and existing and so the catharsis there was him figuring that out but i also feel like the romance kind of cheapened it because it's like did he really turn over a new leaf or was that just to get the girl (laughs) i don't know jury's out it's a valid point Especially because we see him try to take advantage of people so many times. We truly don't really know how many times he's he does the loop. We get an idea that he's been in there a long time, especially when he's learned how to play piano so well by the end. Right. But <laughs> um, I guess just certain or like that he has a quote unquote honorary title as a doctor. <laughs> like I I feel like he's he spent some time. Um, I think for me, it's sort of thinking about like how people change it is it is interesting I, I can kind of buy it from him being in there for so long and having kind of evolved as a person but for everybody else it's sort of like that weird you know suddenly he just like what he just sw- flipped a switch and now he's just a different person now to them and they're okay with that and they're like oh hey yeah he, he feels kind of a cool guy now and I, I felt like it's sort of the issue that I have with stories like A Christmas Carol or The Grinch, where you have a character who is very much just a pain in the ass, and suddenly they have a change of heart, and then everybody's just cool with them now. And I'm like, I think in the real world, everybody would still, like, hate you. <laughs> you know, you'd have to do a little bit more work to try and make up for being, a, you know, a jerk for so long. Um, but I will say that for being in the 90s, this was, you know, it's kind of more of that hopeful optimistic view of everything will work out okay and people will forgive you so i can i can follow it with that logic just for the sake of that story but yeah i mean there's it's quite a bit that gets referenced later and i actually really like uh palm springs i thought that was a good sort of homage to all things groundhog day with taking it up just kicking it up a few levels and making it really (laughs) weird so i sorry i had a thought while you were talking will about (laughs) um the good place i don't know if you guys have seen that but i feel like it is a very similar message in terms of without being too spoilery for the good place just this Mm -hmm. idea that most people will become a better version of themselves if given enough time and a little bit of direction and Mm -hmm. 
I like that idea. I think that's the other thing that draws me to this movie. Well, speaking of, Chris, you sort of, uh, this ties into the next question that I have, but you mentioned the scene with the old man, um, the the gentleman who is unhoused and is just kind of on the street corner trying to get stay warm the morning of that Phil passes several times and kind of feigns the first few times to look for cash in his you know, in his pockets, like he knows he doesn't have anything and he's just trying to make it look like he's trying to be a nice guy. Um, but were there any other like favorite moments that either of you had watching this in terms of what he did or didn't do, depending on the loop he was on? And that can include the crazy stuff like the scene behind me. If you are all about some, you know, groundhog stealing and uh, <laughs> pickup truck driving away. Yeah, uh, for me, it it's actually what was one of the roughest scenes to watch, just because mm-hmm. I thought like I was kind of glad they went there because I feel like if you're in this scenario, like your first thought might be to do something terrible, like take a car full of other people and just go crash into things and be a maniac. And I like that they actually fully explored that route and how dangerous it would be and how ultimately unrewarding it would be when you woke up the next day but yeah I feel like he had to get that out of his system and it was very uncomfortable to watch but I appreciated the levity of certain moments like when he orders like he's at the drive through and the police mm-hmm. are at his window <laughs> um <clears throat> some of it was just like the the little things um oh yeah like you would try to stay sane by like learning french and how to play the piano and just nothing mattering but really like in terms of like what you do that day but also having the memories of like and being able to like kind of continue those skills and everything i thought was just kind of a nice touch a more constructive way to spend your time perhaps than drunk driving and uh, (laughs) and the like um you know (laughs) robbery of the armored car or whatever else he gets Uh up to um I don't know. I'm trying to think like if there's any other particular like scenes that uh that really stuck out to me. Um a lot of those little montages were were great. Honestly, I think where I was like kind of least interested was like the billionth time that he was just like predicting stuff and it's like okay, I've seen him like do this like um mm-hmm. before. Yes, like he he knows every like little thing that's going to happen everywhere. Um I do think the passage of time was quite smart um in terms of like really questioning how long he's been in there and knowing that it's been a hot minute. Um, I think that was a good choice. In other words, like he doesn't conquer this in like seven loops or something like that. Cause I feel like that would have like, what are you really going to learn, you know, and how much could mm-hmm. you really have changed in, in that short amount of time? But um, yeah, that's it. I think it was just really like, it was the little touches for me that, that made it good. What do you think the likelihood would have been of him being able to accomplish like, certain loops that he goes in and i guess maybe specifically the last one you know like all these people come up to him and thank him for helping them out or like thanks for saving my husband from choking or thanks for helping my kid out who fell from the tree i don't know if that actually was one of them but it was it was like all these people would come up and thank him and i thought did he really was he really able to like knock all this stuff out in like the course of one afternoon (laughs) so man knows his schedule I know it's it's like Death Loop, like which is a great video game, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, similar, like that's what that game is. Like you literally wander around, you find something that happens at a specific time, and then ultimately the way you beat that game is like you accomplish it all in a day. Like you know who's going to be where, 
and what you need to do. And like, I think given enough time again, like, like who knows how long he's been there. Um, you can't write anything down, I guess, because like, it's just going to disappear, but you know, you could certainly, um, memorize it, I, I suppose. But yeah, I, uh, what I, I, I I'm maybe you're going to cover this, like how he gets out of the loop or whatever. So I'll, I'll save that if that's going to come up. But like, I was mm-hmm. kind of curious about, about that. Oh, about how you, why, why you think it finally clicks. Yeah. It sort of ties into one of the questions that I've got, which I mean, could easily be, why do you think the time, do you think that not really knowing why the time loop happens is important? And I say that because it's, because the idea has been sort of used so much and Palm Springs is an example of this is where they try to explain scientifically why the time loop happens as much as having to go through it and explain to somebody else that they're going through it. Um, But back with Groundhog Day, you never really know why, and it sort of stays ambiguous, you know, just because. um, I like We're open to interpretation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's sort of my question is, do you, and this could also tie into, Chris, what you're saying is, um, you know, do you think that we do know what it is because of what he does to get out of it? Or do you think it matters that it's ambiguous as to why it even started in the first place? Definitively no. mm -hmm. Um, I think it's you're you you're meant to i think they they very much drive you in the direction that it's his lifestyle and personality mm-hmm. uh you referenced the christmas carol and he was in a, a very famous adaptation of that you know um so uh <laughs> there was a lot of parallels yeah there are a lot of parallels <laughs> in his character in this and scrooge i thought um but uh yeah like i i don't know that they're like they go like definitive with it um as far as like getting out of it, I think it's the same kind of thing. Like you're meant to infer that it's a perfect day and that like every single act from the time he wakes up to the end is like an act of kindness and selflessness. And maybe that's what sort of uh, allows him to break free, I guess. I'd have to like, I'm curious to rewatch this, like not kind of knowing how it goes, because I would like to pay close attention to how that first day in the town goes. Is it all I mean, he's a selfish prick. But like, is every act sort of a selfish <laughs> act? Like everything that he does, yeah. is that what triggers it? I don't know. But yeah. mm, maybe it's like sort of Greek in nature, like challenging the gods, and the gods are like, "Oh, you think you can predict the weather? <laughs> Fuck you!" And also, you get to spend the same day over and over again. You know, I don't know. I think it was interesting how and this just sort of ties back to like a favorite scene, and this may be very tangential, but I like when bill's or sorry when phil's character rather bill murray's character phil is talking to rita and saying like essentially like baby i'm god (laughs) (laughs) and and she's just like what are you talking about and how he made some offhanded crack like you know maybe god's not really like i don't know like all essentially like maybe he's not just all powerful he's just been around enough to know what everything like everything that's going to (laughs) happen and so it was interesting from that it also very like it was sisyphus right it was the guy who had to keep keep pushing the boulder up the hill and then had to do it all over again so it's like atoning for whatever your misdeeds so i guess in that way like all the the really narcissistic stuff that he does that first day is now he's got to go back and make up for it in order to unlock that achievement and get out of the game but how far do you think you guys could push that like you know, just out of sheer boredom and curiosity, 
Like, are you going full chaotic evil? Like, if we're using the D and D spectrum, like, <laughs> I feel like given a long enough, like being stuck in there, like you got to have one just like crazy day. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there'd be some boundaries, but like, I mean, at least some light vandalism, if nothing else. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Maybe he stole that money, got like a Clint Eastwood get up and rolled up in that nice car. So you know, whatever you got time to do, right? Um, I have a slightly different interpretation of why this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, my joke theory is that uh, Phil the Groundhog is actually a sentient deity that his first <laughs> 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 Phil the human <laughs> for daring to bear the same name. But uh, what I actually nice. think is happening is more of a like. I don't know. I, I took a more psychological view, I guess, in terms of mm. when you are a truly miserable person, as Phil the human is when we first meet him, you are terrible to others and terrible to yourself. And you have to kind of stop being terrible to others first. Mm. And that's the first thing he kind of gets out of the way. And then you have to stop being terrible to yourself. And we see that's when he kind of goes on your his suicidal kick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you've been an awful person, it's really hard to immediately prioritize and love yourself. So you kind of just go through the motions of doing good things for other people and like slowly trying to better yourself. And I really think it's when he says, if this all goes away tomorrow, I am happy. And he is actually happy in that moment. Instead of just being bitter, he doesn't have what he needs to have in his life. I think it's that actually like being content and okay with himself that gets him out of it the top of that what pyramid self-actualization or whatever yeah i think he made it like i think even if he hadn't done all those good things that if he had found a way to be content with himself he would have gotten out of the loop but i think he needed to atone like he felt like he owed people that and that's what made him feel okay with himself it's kind of buddhist right like isn't that like like what i'm like please don't be offended like I, i've got a very basic understanding of buddhist, but isn't that part like reincarnation and sort of like getting a little bit closer like sort of the concept of like sorry if that's wrong don't don't hurt me buddhist so. that is that is partially right I, I i studied a little bit of buddhism in college so i'm not an expert by any means but yeah the there's there's cycles of of death and rebirth and um like it's kind of a merging of self with everything else in buddhism so it's not quite this but also kind of this because it's like yeah i'm seeing everyone around me and myself as like equal people Mm. so yeah okay close enough for government work as as they say (laughs) (laughs) what government do you work for chris (laughs) not the u.s government well actually maybe it is like close enough it's kind of our philosophy any other experiences that you think the time loop did well in terms of, I don't know, just the learning lesson or maybe even just the the choices that he made for better or worse, and sometimes they were not so good, or I guess just generally any other thoughts regarding the overall plot? <laughs> I think it was realistic that somebody like him would, would have a hedonistic kick at the beginning, right? It's like, of course, you would coerce women to sleeping with you and you know steal money and all the other stuff so that rang true i was glad in other words that like he wasn't just like immediately going to like trying to uh, be nice and better himself because that would have rang i don't know false for me yeah so 
I'm thinking about the the like love story again and mm -hmm. for me the sweetest scene is actually the he has like two or three really big loops where he spends the whole day with Rita right the first one is when he's being really like malicious and coercing her and practicing his lines over and over and just like taking the idea of being a pickup artist to the max because you've rehearsed and tested every single line <laughs> <laughs> and obviously that fails um and the second full day he spends with rita is when he's actually honest with her and is like hey this crazy thing is happening to me i don't know what's going on and she just kind of kindly offers to spend the day with him because he's clearly freaked out whether she believes him or not i think is up in the air but she knows that he's struggling and is like i'll just do you human human kindness and spend the day with you and I felt like that was when they most organically and genuinely bonded. Um, I also feel like it was the turning point for him in terms of realizing like, oh, I could do this for other people, right? Like I could be a decent human being and then maybe other people would not treat me like I'm a jerk all the time. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> um, and I, I like that because my one thing that I say is... Um, with, with with guys that like act like Phil at the start of the movie where like you know they're constantly going after women and having no luck and just being kind of pervy and pickup artisty it's like just 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 have a female friend and talk to her a lot you will get so much better at talking to women and that's kind of what mm -hmm. he does for a day is he just treats Rita as a friend and an actual human being yeah good good points I um <clears throat> still not I feel overall about the romance like subplot <laughs> feels of the time you know and i guess it's meant to invoke the strongest reaction within the audience of you know this is like he's successfully become somebody who is genuinely desirable because of like who he is and versus you know kind of tricking her or whatever but um those yeah those were some nice moments the the ice sculpture thing was cool i was like yeah. oh was, was, is he gonna do something that like just like try to impress her and the answer is like yes but also it's like it is a nice like kind of like thing i mean i feel like you get some points right like somebody like turned it around and it was a pretty nice sculpture of your face i don't know <laughs> they met the day before if someone i had met the day before was like i studied your face so well i don't even need to that. look at yeah. it <laughs> i would have been like really i'd like to keep it on my bones Thank you. <laughs> just say, just say it's raw talent. You know, compliment. You could still use it to be like, you have a beautiful face. You know, like it's inspiring or something like that. But yeah, I was like, I don't know about that, dude. Like, just be mysterious, like Edward Scissorhands. Like, oh, how does this man know how to <laughs> carve ice so great? <laughs> oh my god. Well, I think the only other question that I've got. Um... And we can come back to this one because it's not directly about this film. I was curious if there were any other examples of time looping in entertainment that you thought were um, interesting or a good variation on that theme as it has sort of spawned its own genre since, and maybe a little bit, I should say, before Groundhog Day, but especially since Groundhog Day. Uh, we talked about Palm Springs a little bit. Um, but if there's anything else that you've watched that you thought kind of stood out as a, a good example that you might want to talk about. I have one I need to say quickly because I have a feeling Chris was going to say it, but uh, Russian <laughs> Doll is uh, 
I, yeah, uh, a really great use of this device. And similarly, like, is a metaphor for someone kind of like working through their shit. And mm-hmm. I watched Russian Doll at a time when I was at like a pretty big mental low. And it like actually helped me process that. So I think that shows and movies like this can do a lot of good for their audiences when they resonate. And mm-hmm. Russian Doll did a great job of that for me. And um, I also just am in love with Natasha Leone. So <laughs> go watch it if you haven't. Nice. I've only seen the first uh, season, but I agree that was um, very effective. Yeah, don't watch season two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You don't have to tell me. There is only one to watch. Doesn't exist. Season <laughs> yeah. two doesn't exist. <laughs> um, I mean, I kind of touched on, right? Like Deathloop, I think like gamifying that is really kind of a smart idea. Um, it's the same people that made Dishonored if you ever played that and enjoyed it. But yeah, I think it's a smart idea. It's a fun sandbox to play around with to have a time loop. So I thought that was really, really uh, clever. Um, I'm trying to think like, so we talked about Palm Springs. I feel like there's another big one that I'm missing, but I um, I don't know. It's, sort of it's the, escaping. Um, like the entertainment, I guess the more recent one that I've, I maybe you were thinking of that's it's, over the top it's like die hard meets uh groundhog day which was boss level which came out on hulu probably a few years back (laughs) and it's got mel gibson in it so you know if we want a little die or not a die hard but a lethal weapon connection on that from our last (laughs) podcast but Um, it's entertaining uh it's over the top and it's just a lot of action violence but has like another sort of scientific reason as to why this loop is happening um, but kind of ends on a little bit of a twist and eh, might be worth your if you're looking for kind of not completely mindless action, but kind of in that direction, <laughs> then you might enjoy it. Nice. So check that out. There's one of my favorites that would be a spoiler for the entire mm-hmm. thing. That's all I'll say to even mm-hmm. say because it's a surprise like that. Uh the story is a time loop like you don't find it out till like the very end is it um, lost and, uh, no 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 like lost <laughs> a loss is just sort of like you know um well, i don't want to spoil loss for anyone that hasn't seen it but a lot of people concluded that like oh they're all dead like and that's not like the answer for the majority of the show but um and i hated that people took that away from i'm like you know anyway um yeah, it would be a spoiler. Uh, I, there's some listeners of our podcast, I'll say, that know probably exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, again, I'm being very careful, but it's revealed at the end of the thing that uh, it is. And so like subsequent passes, I'm not even like saying what medium it's in, are infinitely interesting because you realize that it is, a, in fact, a time loop. And uh, you're sort of given hope at the end that there might be a way out of it, but like not the full... Um, satisfaction of actually experiencing that with the uh the character that's what i'll say and that's enough information if you if you've experienced that you know what i'm talking about um i know of at least one listener who's probably like going like oh yeah yeah yeah, out there so um can we get get an actor that might be in this film (laughs) i'm I'm not saying if it's a i mean it could be like a video game a film like a book um a show like i I don't want to like even narrow it down that much just because you know, okay. I feel like somebody it might be, be an able to oral suss it out. history passed down to the generation. Yeah, could be very much, could be. Um, so 
Yep. You but... you made me think of another game, uh, Outer Wilds is also mm-hmm. a good type mm-hmm. of one. Yeah. That's a fantastic one. Yeah. <laughs> it was I was just talking to uh former Screen Quest uh guest uh Patrick Glover about just how magnificent that was in the discovery and sort of how that plays out. Can you just uh May, if you don't mind? Yeah. Um what is yeah. Outer Wilds for our listeners who maybe are curious to experiencing <laughs> Maybe a less um, violent it, version of a time loop. <laughs> it is It is not Outer Worlds, first of all. Those are often no. confused. It is Outer Wilds. Um, you play as a really cute little four-eyed alien dude and mm. or, or dudette. I think they don't have a gender, actually. But um, uh, you have a little rocket ship. You're flying around a solar system that is not to scale, which is great because you can fly around it super fast. And you're basically an archaeologist trying to figure out why there's all these ruins from this other species in your solar system. And then uh, the sun explodes and you wake up back in your bed and you have to figure out why that happened and why that keeps happening. That's basically it. That's a great description. And as you go to certain key planets at certain times, like in the time loop, like things are different, like the landscape might have shifted and it's it's really uh, encourages you to like, repeatedly visit places to kind of see like what's going on and they have like an I, what i like about that game is like they have a great um it's not really a save system but like a journal that sort of saves like the the things that you've uncovered that mm-hmm. kind of help you like nudges you to like maybe like certain places at certain times and things like that so yeah i think it's, it's one of the smartest games i've ever seen it's really well done the physics engine for it is crazy as well um it's really cool how they did that and uh what you're referring to i think is the ship's log which is a cute way of you know referring to it in game (laughs) yep i i second that recommendation to you uh (laughs) if you want to experience something that is like it really like it's not even frustrating when you die like i had times where i died and like i thought it was funny because i'm just like (laughs) well guess can't go there or do that thing um oh um there's a achievements for certain deaths too like uh <laughs> i think if you uh, fly directly into the sun that's one <laughs> yeah I... sounds right <laughs> uh, how about you will did you have any like other things that like you like for time loops uh mostly i was just gonna throw out some other guys here but i didn't want to like spoil the one that you had so that's why i was asking if there was a particular actor that i could use as reference without spoiling it <laughs> Yeah. Um, again, I'm not saying that it's even a film. Um, oh, okay. You, so you said, cause you said entertainment properties, so I'm being very you. careful. Yeah. Yeah. I think from at least game wise, I always think about the old Zelda Majora's Mask as being a time loopy sort of thing. But um, I think in terms of films, probably the more recent stuff that I've watched, it's been like Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt or uh, Source Code which was another time loopy action flick with Jake Gyllenhaal or I'm trying to think if there is, I guess Looper technically was, a, uh, it was a time loop, I guess, <laughs> or time travel um, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. Uh, yeah, I think those are probably the, the ones that I have seen that come to mind with that. Oh, you just reminded me of another one that I, I won't say because it's not apparent that like that's what it is. And that is a movie. Nice. Uh, that particular one, I will say, is a film. Uh, okay. It's one that I think we watch. If you were in one of our classes, it's one that we watched. Uh, were you in the, mm. the sci-fi class? Yeah. With, uh, uh, Dr. Depends. Sparks? 
Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> did you do your homework? Like most of the time. <laughs> Getting put on the spot here. Yeah. Well, it's been like ten years, so yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter at this point. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. I will say an obscure time loopy reference for me as well. Growing up, and I guess May, you might also have seen this too, because you were a Stargate SG One fan, right? So yeah. there's an old episode. Careful! Of I started this. Uh, is it going to spoil something big? Because I just started that show. Uh, no, that's what I forgot to mention. No, no, no. Okay, no. okay, okay. No, you're good. But there is a time loop episode, and it's very much a we're going to use this as a means to. It's a very lighthearted and very entertaining episode okay, okay. Of, of the series. I, it, I know exactly what you're talking about, Will. And yeah. it's so Groundhog Day. Like, it, yeah. it takes so many things directly from it. Yeah. And I won't spoil any of it for you, Chris, because there are certain scenes that when you watch the episode, you'll have to talk to us about it because there's certain parts of it that I remember that just still make me chuckle to think about. So, um, but I will leave it at that. So Bro, that, that show it. as a sidebar is like mm-hmm. it's the most like as like standard definition like fucking oh my god this is so fucking 90s like yep. um sort of like like they have not remastered it at all so it's in like the og aspect ratio which i'm fine with because that's how it aired yeah. but you could definitely tell when it was made with that and then also just the fidelity I'm like, dude, like I should be watching this on a CRT. It would make it perfect. Like it made me for about five minutes feel like I was back in like the late nineties, like as a Aww. like a kid watching something on on TV. Like, and I mean that in the best possible way. Like it just <laughs> I like was transported to a very specific time and place. Um, but I'm very curious yeah. to see how it goes. And it's because I watched the movie and I was like, well, I'm curious, like it's come up on the show, so I should like at least give it a shot. I only watched one episode, so I've been this very is... scared to rewatch it because I was raised on Stargate. I was Aww. like very small when it first aired and my 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 whole family would gather around the TV every time there was a new weekly episode and that was our thing. So nice. um, like very much raised on it and I'm scared to go back and discover just like how hokey and cheesy it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is all those things so far, but yeah, the biggest obstacle <laughs> for me wasn't even overcoming that. It was... um like going from the movie right to that like the casting differences like because they do an all right job trying to make them like be their own characters but i'm almost hoping what happens is that like those performances evolve into like their own thing over time and like you just kind of accept that it's like almost like alternate timeline or something i don't know like um yeah because oh go ahead uh, oh, I had the opposite experience. I like watched the movie after I'd been watching the show for a long time. So I was like, I don't know, I'm not buying these movie characters. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, nice. That's that's how it goes, right? Yeah. Uh, Sorry for the Stargate digression, but like you, you sparked. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I started that. So a, don't spoil <laughs> it, and b, like here's my quick little three minute take on it. But you don't have to apologize. I'll talk to you about Stargate all day. I hope we talk about that film at some point because. The, I think the film is amazing in terms of, well, you know, we'll get to that at some point. But um, <laughs> for me, watching the TV series, I thought this is so different. And I didn't like it at first. 
because I didn't think it was I, I wanted a TV series that was more like the film. And then mm -hmm. it just sort of grew on me as I sort of like Chris, what you were saying, where it's just like this just exists in a different it's a different telling of the same basic story. And they just took it and made it their own thing. And I just accepted that they were two different things. Yeah. And once I did that, I was like, yeah, this is fine. But it is very it's campy. It's sort of like it straddles that weird. And I, I know I've talked about Farscape before, so that may not be much of a reference point. But I feel like in terms of like science fiction TV, Stargate sort of like straddles the quirkiness and campiness of what Farscape did with trying to be grounded like Star Trek was. Yeah. So it's just somewhere in the middle. And it's, you know, then it's got like the goofy and the quirky, but also trying to be serious and sci-fi and action-y um but yeah it was a lot of fun and obviously very successful had like two spinoff tv shows and <laughs> 10 seasons yeah. i saw that's the only thing that i'm like am i gonna last like 20 episodes yeah. per season for 10 seasons like, you oh you have to because remember val will you mm, yeah val? I, I remember when farscape character or farscape actors started showing up in star <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh man, you know it's good. <laughs> you know it's good when the other team comes over here. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll make you a deal. Does. I'll 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 forge ahead if if uh, yeah. may if you if you start the expanse, like which is <laughs> like my absolute favorite sci-fi property. Like I I told you, if we do a one-off in our D and D group, I'm like oh, that's the universe. Like they have a tabletop. Like I want to do that one-off. But yeah. good, 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 good. You've seen the expanse, right? Well, you watched all of it. I've watched bits and pieces. So the and this is something else we could talk about too. I need that's on my list with Amazon to go back and watch the whole thing. I watched about maybe most of the first season. I read the book, the first book, and then I got through maybe half of the first season. So it's one of those things I've lagged behind on. But. I'm itching already to like restart the show and the books. Like I enjoyed <laughs> them that much. It's just it's a it's a cool like sci-fi like it's very different it was kind of like marketed as game of thrones in space but that is not accurate at all i'm um, reading the description and it sounds like space noir almost yeah the first like start, yeah the first um novel and the first like season and a half is that mm -hmm. and then it quickly becomes sort of like a blend of like mass effect and you know like with <laughs> like this uh ancient like alien like species that's sort of discovered and like like what that does to technology the only apt kind of parallel between that and Game of Thrones is that like the little person gets shit on by like the rich and powerful, which is obviously mm -hmm. very apt. But they do a great um, job with things like polyamory and like mm -hmm. gender. So like basically like the writers have said, we want this world to like reflect the real world. And like a lot of people, of course, like they always get outraged about stuff like that, got pissed off and like bounced off of it. But um, it is what it's not is like I'm like oh like you know military stuff is cool and like violence and like like it is it's not that at all there's like space battles and things but um the human cost of all of that and yeah anyway like it's very 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 good um and I what I think I liked the most about it was the attention to detail with like space travel and like the effects on the human body and and like a lot of the sort of things that they do with like making that a plausible technology for sublight travel being you know fast. I would actually really like this. <laughs> it's great. Um, just look up um, if you need a selling point. Like Marianne uh, was gracious enough to watch through the show with me. Um, but um, but what kept her coming back for more is the guy that plays uh, Amos Burton. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. He's got a podcast 
West Chatham. So look up West Chatham, um, C-H-A-T-H-A-M. And like, there's your inspiration right there. He's the, uh, <laughs> the lovable meathead, um, who becomes like, my, like your favorite, I, like if you don't, if he's not one of your three favorite characters, by the time you get like into like the second or third season, like Amos is great. Amazing. It's just full of beautiful people. We'll just put it that way. Like there's, I don't think there's, there's <laughs> not a single ugly person on the TV show. Like, uh, Dom- Dominique Tipper is next to him on the cast list. And I'm like, oh. All right, there's our sci-fi diversion. That was only like what ten yep. minutes. <laughs> no big deal. If you showed up for Groundhog Day, you got a little slice of a few other things at the same time, and we could just circle back like everything else and start over again. So it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the sign of a good podcast. Like that, like certainly the ones I listen to are like the tangents are sometimes my favorite parts. So yeah. And if you don't to... agree, then unsubscribe now. <laughs> Too <Please> bad. Don't. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> to get us back on track, you should do the whole intro of an episode. Start start it over, Chris. Hit the reset. Just have bum, the six o'clock. <laughs> Welcome to the screen quest. <laughs> Clap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh well. Any other thoughts that you guys have about the film before we wrap up and head over to a game? Could be about anything. Glad I watched it finally. You know, I feel like I wasn't trying to intentionally dodge it. Um, mm-hmm. Just the the stars didn't align. Um, it, like it doesn't seem like a movie people watch around Groundhog Day, right? Like that's the thing with like <laughs> ID, like Independence Day. Like like people love to watch that or Jaws, like on July Fourth. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just glad I saw it finally. It's good. Um, I don't have much else to say. I think I felt like I had a thing and I lost it. But I'll just I'll leave that on Groundhog Day. <laughs> It'll come back. Yeah, always does. Nice. All right. Were you guys ready to play a game? Always. Yes. Sweet. So I will say that in some respects, this game may sound slightly similar in spirit to another game that we are privileged to play on occasion on our podcast which is Pitchstorm, but it's got a little bit of a different flavor to it um so i would like to start out by asking you both to share with us the craziest thing that you would do if you could go back and relive a specific day over again this could be very wide. I know the topic's way out there. So this could just be like, if you had an opportunity, something that you know that happened to you that you would go back and do differently, or if just generally speaking, you would go out and do a absolutely wild or bonkers thing, or you know what? It doesn't even have to be crazy. Just what you would do if you had the opportunity to go back and do something over again. I have a follow-up that- question. Does this day get reset? Or does what I go back and do become canon in my timeline? <laughs> ah, that's a valid point. We'll just say that it if if it influences it enough for you, if you need to know that it will not be permanent. <laughs> <laughs> As Phil learned when he wanted to go drunk driving or not, you know, <laughs> steal uh, some money. I will uh, say that it'll it'll probably repeat later, so you'll you'll be off the hook. <laughs> Okay, okay, that's that's good to know. This is the first part, so is to tell me what you think the crazy thing would be. And uh whoever would like to go first or take some time, mull it over, the magic of editing, we can come back and cut this part out if you need. 
So I went to like a very preppy high school mm-hmm. and um, we, all the girls had to wear like white dresses and white gloves. Like it was that kind of preppy, Southern Whoa, preppy. gloves? Yeah. Um, and I was a salutatorian, so I got to make a speech. So if you go back in time, what I would do is I would wear just like the most hardcore goth clothes I could under my white dress and white gloves. <sighs> And go up there with the speech I had approved, tear it up, do just like, I don't know, a recitation of, actually, you know what? I would just pull out a big boom box. Yeah, I'd pull out a big boom box, (laughs) (laughs) tear off the white dress, I'm wearing my goth clothes. (laughs) I love even like if your gloves, you had like the the cutout finger gloves. Yeah. And uh, attempt to start a rave. <laughs> nice. Any particular music selection that would be going on with that boombox? Oh my god! Um, yeah, it's like turn down for what was really popular when I was in high school, so it would be that. <laughs> nice. Um, and yeah, just mostly because I was very, very tame in high school, and it would have been so out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to add to that, or is that pretty much that's where that's where you want to cap it for that uh, loop? <laughs> I mean, it depends on how well that goes. <laughs> okay, there might be an after party. I probably okay. I probably would have to flee the 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 institution and my parents for the rest of the day. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'd steal a car and head to the beach. <laughs> nice. All right, Chris. What are your thoughts? Uh, so excluding like uh, the number of shower arguments that I've, I've won now, you know, like when you go into your shower and you're like, <laughs> oh, shut us up. Um, no, in all seriousness, uh, I'm going to preface this by saying like I had like a perfect day um, when I got married. But just for shits and giggles, I would love to do like a Jim and Pam, like go off and like have like a private like just to like see what kind of shenanigans we could have gotten into like on the keys. Um and knowing that, like, my relatives aren't going to be pissed that we just, you know, like, kept them all waiting, like, in the Key West heat. <laughs> um, I think that would be kind of fun to, like, you know, on your wedding day, like, just go have a private day with, like, the the two of you. And um, I don't know, like, just do something wild. Like, I mean, I you you name it. Go deep sea fishing or, like, scuba diving. Um, go... Uh, off and, and do whatever wild things we could get into in, in Key West I think would be really fun and then show up like two hours late and have everyone wonder like what's up and then knowing that we already got married like I don't know like somewhere else um, would be cool again Chris not in real so life wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that sequence it's like one of my favorite office episodes you know yeah. but... well thank you very much for both of your Time loop ex- uh, ex- escapades. I cannot talk today. Good lord. Whew. I need to. I need to like reloop and go back and like work on my diction. Apparently, but um, the next part of this rewinding right and edit. <laughs> <laughs> but the next part I'd like to do is, I would now like you both um, to take turns and use the other person's synopsis of what they would do and pitch to me a film that would have this scene in it and explain to me the plot behind what is going on. And you can explain to me why the time loop's happening or not, but I would like to have this particular scene at some point in the storyline. Okay. So, May, since you were kind enough 
to start, I'm going to hand you over to Chris's time loop. This is hard. I would, like, <laughs> I would love to hear what you think would go on for him. Okay, great. Well, I don't I don't actually know the origins of your and Marianne's love story. So I'm just going to make up a meet cute for you guys. Please, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say uh, that uh, you 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 both met on a blissfully chilly night by the beach and <laughs> um, uh, each took turns sweeping each other off of each other's feet, quite literally. And um, uh, after that endearing scene, you discovered that you work for rival paper companies. And dun, dun, dun. this leads to some drama and division between the two of you. But you managed to overcome your differences without too many exchanges of paper cuts. And uh, as you're as you're planning your destination wedding, um, you, you realize that you're just running through so much fucking paper on all these invites. And it's it's really stressing you guys out. It's stressing your bosses out. Uh, there was a whole hubbub over which company you sourced the paper from. It's it's gone very dramatic, and rather than let the stress <laughs> drive the two of you apart, you decide to elope to an even further away destination, have <laughs> just you know the the day of your dreams there, and then Skype in to your actual destination wedding to have the ceremony with your guests, and then uh, drive off in a ski boat into the sunset. Oh, I like it. That's awesome. You're not half uh, half wrong. Um, I mean, you are half wrong. You're half right um, with how we met. We did we did have our first date, like, um, well, like technically to seafood restaurant, and then went to the beach. So, like that. That's Aww. that's correct. Nice. It was not cold. It's, it's though, an thankfully. easy guess in Florida. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's very true. Uh, it was not cold because we were getting devoured by no seams <laughs> like oh. on the beach trying to drink wine and pretend it's romantic it was just like oh god like this is so bad um well done excellent how about you chris my graduation is in your hands white yes. dresses white gloves salutatorian <laughs> turns goth rays so we're gonna we're gonna uh update the setting here to a town a la footloose where dancing is forbidden <laughs> raise the stakes <laughs> secretly may has been um cultivating like uh, a dance club within like the the high school uh with the intention of revealing the power of dance like to the graduating class to the parents to the community and um of course not only does may reveal that she's wearing all black with the fingerless gloves underneath but the valedictorian and like all of the front row of the class also stand up and rip their gowns off to reveal that they are all <laughs> in black as well um turned down for what starts and of course uh they captivate their audience through the power of dance just absolutely amazed at the pure joy and I don't know how 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 do you what's a what's a good way to end this uh this dance scene? We'll say that um <laughs> the whoever the most stubborn character usually that would be like the town passer or some shit stands up and like starts to like <laughs> dance like along with everybody, and the town is saved through the power of dance. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> Amazing. That would have been more fun than my graduation for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be like that sometimes. I think that's oh, more fun than most people's graduations, honestly, especially high school. Like each. Yeah. <laughs> I think Kevin Bacon would approve. Yes. Well, there's not anybody that I'm going to crown a winner on it because this was just for the sake of being happy. As we've learned from this film, it's it's not about trying to win. It's about <laughs> trying to be happy. So you both have uh, have shared some some special moments <laughs> that we got to loop back through and change slightly. So I appreciate that. Thank you for humoring me on that game. I'm going <laughs> to use that line next time I don't want to pick a winner for something. <laughs> It's all about happiness. This is really it's it's all about just participating and having a good time, right? <laughs> Sometimes it is, for sure. That's every killer queen tournament that idea. I attend. <laughs> yeah, good idea, man. I like tying it into like the movie on occasion. It's good stuff. All right. Well, back over to you to wrap up, sir, and uh recap on what we got coming up next week. Yeah, so we're not going to draw a card as we established, and I remembered, yay for me. Um, so we're going to be talking about Pride and Prejudice uh, for our second Was the Book Better? And just as a reminder, we will be watching the version with Kira Knightley, um, Matthew McFadian, Donald Sutherland, and, and Rosamund Pike. Those are the only people I know off the top of my head. Um, and of course, we'll be comparing the film to the novel. I will try to... It's hard. Like I, I want to like say stuff on the podcast, but I'm gonna wait. Um, but I'm sixty <laughs> percent through now, seventy. Like, um, I've enjoyed it more as I've gone along. I will say that, but I'll save the rest of it for the podcast. So here's your warning. I will say May's suggestion of doing the audiobook at least like partially. I'm kind of going back and forth. Um, was a great idea because um, I think the language just pops a little bit more having somebody who can kind of navigate it like in a way that sounds natural. So. Uh, anything to add may uh no like i said audiobook is very helpful um i have an english major and i still use audiobooks for older texts just because like chris said it's someone who is trained to speak within that cadence and it makes more sense when they read it amazing so that'll be next week's episode as always uh please like share and subscribe we appreciate that i've seen continued steady growth which is appreciated um like i said that share part guys like retweet it share it on facebook like anything you can do we really 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 do appreciate that like we do see you know results from that and um it's it's always nice to welcome new listeners to the show uh attached to this episode in the audio and video descriptions you'll see that form where you can submit a movie like keep those coming in we want to have some user submitted uh films and categories um, even if you don't want to be a co-host, that is fine. Um, we'll we'll take some extra films in the pile to talk about. Uh, but until next week, we do appreciate you watching and listening. We'll see you next week. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.